Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for episode 39 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a reminder, you can find detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 39. I don't eat a lot of fast food. And actually, I don't eat. I rarely eat fast food. Uh, but there's a quote-unquote fast food restaurant that I absolutely love, and I don't really consider them fast food, but I guess it's in that category, and the restaurant is called Chipotle. Those of you in the U.S. are probably familiar with it. It's a burrito and uh, kind of a southwestern Tex-Mex restaurant, Uh, and I believe they're actually in outside of the U.S. by now. They have over 500 stores, and... um, I think they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think in that category, you, nobody even comes close to the quality of the food. The freshness, the ingredients that they use are just absolutely delicious. It's fantastic. Excellent service. The place is always packed and with good reason. And um, I don't remember how it happened, but a friend of mine and I were talking recently about that chain and – she asked me if I, because she absolutely loves them as well, and she asked me if I knew the story behind the restaurant, behind the success, and I, I honestly didn't know. And I've been meaning to look this up because, you know, you, you see these restaurants every once in a while that are wildly successful, but you know it's a fad. I mean, you know, even if they're great, you know people are eventually going to get tired of the food, and they're going to go to the newest, the latest and greatest thing. But my goodness, I've been going to Chipotle for the last, I don't know, six, seven years at least. And the crowds are still there. In fact, it's so bad. It's not unusual for the line to go outside the door uh, on any given day during lunch or dinner. And it's to the point that the only way I order is through my iPhone. They have an iPhone app. You can do it online as well. Place your order, and you can go right to the front to the register and pick it up right there. That is the only way I ever eat a Chipotle. There's no way I'll stand in line. So anyway, my friend uh, started sharing the story with me about how it was founded and a little bit about the founder. And all she had to do was give me the basic elements of that story, and I was absolutely hooked because I saw the immediate tie-in to those of us in the freelance writing community. Now, before I tell you more about the story and why it's so relevant to us freelance writers, I need to first dispel a very common myth in the world of freelancing. And that's the fact that you have to have a detailed business plan in order to launch a successful freelance business or in order to take your existing business to the next level. And you know, it's a myth, but it's it's really only partially true. I have to admit that it does help, and I do recommend putting together a basic business plan together before you either launch your business or before you make some 
drastic changes because I think that kind of exercise really forces you to think. And it can be a very encouraging exercise. You know, you start getting excited about different possibilities. It starts taking you down a different path than uh, than you would have gone had you just put all this in your head, right? If you kept it in your head, you wouldn't have really thought about all the different possibilities and all the details and all the different options. But the problem is that many times being very methodical about the planning itself can lead to myopic thinking. And I'll just give you a quick example here. And it's really my story. Um, Those of you who are familiar with how I started out, uh, I started out freelancing as a direct response copywriter for business-to-business companies. So my thinking was, well, I, I came from this world where I had to produce my own sales and marketing materials. This is mostly lead generating stuff that I was producing from my employer uh, in order to generate the leads that I needed to make my sales numbers. I became very good at this and I just figured, you know, I'll, I can do the same thing for other non-competing companies and I'd do it on the side while I kept my day job. So to me, um, really the, the most obvious thing and the, really the only thing I can think of was I can do the same exact thing that I'm doing uh, for my employer and I could do it for other companies in my own time, do it on the side. I do it very, very well. And um, I think the idea was sound. Uh, obviously, it was proven. Obviously, I was doing this already, but um, I, I didn't really get that much success there. Uh, so when I started prospecting, that's not where my prospects really needed help, where they really needed an expert, someone to really help them out. I I found that the real need was in content development. They, you know, they would say things like, hey, that's great. But really what, what I need help with right now is someone to write this white paper or someone to um, you know, write this series of articles or someone to edit these very technical articles that are uh, one of our developers created and turn it into something that a business audience can understand. It was those kinds of requests. Now, um, I could have very easily said, well, that's not what I do. I can refer you to somebody else or I'm sorry, you know, I, I can't do that. This is, this is, I do this other thing. That's my specialty, this other thing. But I went ahead and took it on and mostly, I don't want to give myself too much credit, mostly out of necessity. I, I wanted to I had adopted this thinking that was went like this. Look, I almost don't care where it comes from or what it is. I need cash so I can beef up my savings so I could quit my day job. And uh, so I, I would take it. And before I knew it, more than 90% of my income, my freelance income, was coming from this type of work. So anyway, I'll, get, I'll continue that story later. I'll tell you more about that. But let me get back to Chipotle and the story of Chipotle. Well, it turns out, as my friend was telling me, that the founder, his name is Steve Ells, never meant to create a successful restaurant chain. In fact, he never meant to open more than one restaurant. And even better, he never meant to do this for very long. He never meant to operate Chipotle for very long. What did he really want? What he really wanted was capital to fund his big vision which was to open up a fine restaurant, fine dining restaurant in San Francisco. And rather than borrowing from a bank or rather than raising venture capital, 
he had this wild idea that maybe he can open a small burrito shop, a small burrito restaurant. And after a couple of years of, of, of that, generate enough capital to fund that fancy restaurant dream. Okay. So that, that was his plan. <clears throat> now, guess what? What ended up happening is, is really history. Chipotle ended up becoming the real success, right? So in pursuit of what he really wanted, he created a huge success through the vehicle that he thought would help take him to this other thing. So what do I love about this story? Well, and that's what I want to spend the rest of our time together discussing. I, I love the fact that ideas, plans, you know, methods, it's just this whole scheme that we create, right? That's important. But just as important is the need to follow the flow. That's what I call it. Follow the flow. And by that, I mean to be open to possibilities, to be open to all the twists and turns that come when you embark on something like this, uh, to be open to all the different variations of our dream. Because too often, the best outcome for us lies hidden in a sea of possibilities. So again, you may set out to become a business-to-business writer or a ghostwriter for CEOs uh, or a web copywriter for small businesses. But somewhere along the way, new opportunities might come your way. And if you don't pay attention, you might miss out and possibly the biggest opportunity of your career. So here's what I'd like to do. I think it'd be fun to do something different with a show. And what I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to play the audio of the video that Chipotle uh, has on their website. And he, actually, I'm playing it from YouTube. And it, this is a video where Steve Ells, the founder of Chipotle, talks about his story and how the restaurant got started and how this idea came about. And um, what I've done is I've included the video on the show notes page if you'd like to watch that. And I encourage you to watch it because you'll be able to see some things that I'll be describing uh, that I, I, you know, it's just hard to communicate uh, in, in audio, but you know, it's just, it's interesting. You'll be able to see the inside of the restaurant. So if you've never been to a Chipotle, if you live outside of North America, if they don't have one in your town, you'll be able to see, what he's done. Um, and what I'll do is I'll basically run through the video and then pause the video at key points in the story in order to bring up a lesson that I think it's worth noting. Because I mean, honestly, there are many great lessons in a short video. So I'm, I'm not going to stop it more than let's say five or six times. But where I think there's a really big lesson um, on, on the topic that we're covering today, you know, this follow the flow idea, then I'm going to Pause it. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then we'll continue. We'll run through that whole video. So let's try this. And again, this is the first time I do this, so hopefully it'll run fairly smoothly. Um, but just bear with me. I think it'll be fun. When I graduated from college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. But cooking and restaurants had always been a passion of mine. And so I decided I would enroll in the Culinary Institute of America with the notion of becoming a chef. And when I graduated, I went out to San Francisco and worked at one of my favorite restaurants at the time, which was Star's Restaurant. And that's where I think I really started to learn how to cook 
and taste critically. Delicious. I started to have thoughts about opening my own restaurant, but I knew I needed to have some way to, to fund that restaurant. And that's where the idea for Chipotle came in. Okay, so let me pause right there. A few important points here. Notice that this guy had a big vision, a big dream. Uh, everyone knows that opening up a fine restaurant uh, anywhere, but especially a city like San Francisco, is no easy task. The competition is fierce. The amount of capital required is incredible. And the failure rate is extremely high. So, you know, it's important. Uh, and let's just take this back to freelancing, really any business. It's important not to have this conversation with herself that says, oh, that's never going to happen. I mean, what am I thinking, right? I mean, there's there's a side of us that always wants to ask that, always wants to say that. And Steve could have given up on this idea very early in the process. Um, he could have pursued traditional funding avenues that would have put his success in, in his creative freedom and jeopardy. But what, what I admire about what he did here is he asked himself, how can I make this happen? How can I raise this capital other than via A, B, or C? And we're going to talk more about how later, but that, that's the first key point. I think most of us sell ourselves and in, in our dreams. We sell our dreams short because we fail to ask ourselves these how questions. How can I launch my freelance business? Okay, I have all these challenges, all these obstacles in my way, but how can I do it? You know, How can I get this result? How can I get to the first step? Forget about the, the whole launch or taking it to the next level or changing my model completely. You know, how can I get to step A? How can I bring on uh, another large client? Um, you know, how can I bring on three large clients and fire all my little ones? How can I make these dramatic changes? And sometimes, you know, it pays to start big with that big question, right? Big shift. But then that becomes a little too scary. Okay, great. Well, that's fine. Let me take it a couple steps back. How can I take the first step, you know, in that direction? Um, I, I want to take more time off. You know, I want to take summers off to be with my kids. Well, you know what? How can I start taking Fridays off? You know, how can I take six amazing trips this year? You know, instead of the one that I take, and sometimes I don't take any. So instead of saying or thinking whether or not this could happen, the, the big lesson here, I think, is how can I do this? Forget about whether or not it's possible. You know, let's just brainstorm or brainstorm with yourself. How can I make this happen? How can I get to step A? With smoky bacon, oregano, carnitas look fantastic, and they're one of my favorites. Chili corn salsa and a little sprinkle of cheese. So the inspiration for Chipotle came from the little taquerias that I used to go to in the Mission in San Francisco. And I remember I was sitting in a restaurant and I was enjoying a burrito. And what fascinated me about these burritos was that they were made in this giant tortilla and then everything was on the inside the rice the beans the meats the salsas then wrapped in foil and I had never seen anything like that before so the idea was that I could use these authentic ingredients but then put my own twist on them so I, I love what he did here uh, he took a concept that was proven and in many neighborhoods in America old hat and he put his own unique twist on it yeah, I, I find that there's so much opportunity out there for differentiation and for creative service offerings in the freelance world alone. 
I mean, just listen to some of the recent episodes on the show where writers have gone into little niches, little markets, uh, assignment specialties, and even undeserved communities and made out great because they kind of put their own twist on this old idea or on the way that it's always been done or the, uh, the way that they deliver the product or the way they talk about it. Uh, to that specific audience. And, and I'll include in the show notes some of these episodes, but you know, a few that come to mind are a recent one with Susan Anderson on creating lead magnet books for clients. The one uh, with Chandra Russell on writing for small local businesses. The one with Michael Katz on writing and producing newsletters for professional service firms and for solo professionals. And uh, the one with Victoria Ipri on writing LinkedIn profiles for executives. And there's many, many more, and I encourage you to check them out. But uh, that's one reason why I brought these folks to the show is because they really did a good job of putting their own uniqueness and their own unique twist on something that may have been common and maybe not very successful uh, the way that it has been traditionally presented. All right, let's continue. And I was just noticing the people going through the line and really feeling how small the space was and that there were only a few people behind the counter. And this economic model that was happening sort of occurred to me, which is very strange for me because I never took business classes in school. I studied art history, and I never really thought about the economics of a restaurant, only the food and the experience. And so with a modest loan from my parents, I moved back to Colorado and started the first Chipotle in in 93. When I told my friends and family that I was leaving Stars to go open a, a burrito shop in Colorado, they thought I was crazy. But I had a very strong vision for the way Chipotle was going to look and taste and feel, and I knew it wasn't going to be a typical fast food restaurant. It was going to incorporate all the things that I had learned while at the Culinary Institute and while at Stars, and really elevate typical fast food. I love this next idea, which uh, in my mind, this is about developing and maintaining a strong, unshakable vision. So notice what the reaction was of those who knew him, those who cared about him, uh, and notice his reaction. I mean, he, this guy could have easily given up at this point. He could have been discouraged. Here's my take on all this, right? If you don't have, if people don't doubt you, and your decision to launch your business or to make serious changes in your business model, that alone should make you wonder if your idea really has potential. Maybe it's a little too safe. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't sometimes listen to others. Um, There is sometimes, you know, your idea may just not have the legs that it needs, or maybe it's not fully cooked, fully baked, sometimes this advice is is good advice. And what I do see, though, is that many times we assume that the whole idea needs to be scrapped. And many times what this advice really tells us is that it might need to be refined or modified a bit. But, you know, I'm starting to adopt this philosophy that, you know, if no one's really doubting it, if everyone's extremely encouraging, not a word of advice or questions uh, about how you're going about it, then maybe it's a little too safe. So this guy, you know, this is a bold move. And uh, I can only imagine 
what it must have felt like to go from, you know, a, a Culinary Institute of America graduate working at a, you know, a very prestigious restaurant to now tell everyone, you know, that, yeah, I'm going to quit all that to open a burrito shop. That's a, a pretty dramatic uh, difference and change. All right, let's continue. I remember looking at all the different real estate options back in 1992, and I came across this old Dolly Madison ice cream shop, I think 850 square feet, on a corner near the University of Denver campus. And it wasn't a high traffic area, and I know that a couple of other high-profile restaurant chains had looked at it and passed it by, but it was affordable to me, and I could just sort of envision the way Chipotle would look in that space. And so I jumped in there with a contractor and we transformed it. Uh, I remember going to the hardware store and buying the plywood and the barn metal and the conduit to make those utilitarian light fixtures. You know, we didn't have much money. And so we had to make these very simple parts from the hardware store work to create the design, to create the architecture. So I love that Steve had to work with the limited funds that he had available. I mean, he had to be smart about the location of the restaurant. He had to make sure that every penny counted. And he had to be very strategic about how he designed the restaurant, how he decorated the restaurant, how it was set up. And really, lack of funds, I mean, forced him to go with a bare-bones industrial look. And um, so this is where I would encourage you to watch the video because you'll see what these restaurants look like. And the cool thing is that even with that very limited budget, he was able to make these restaurants look really, really good. It was different. It was a new look. And in fact, it was so effective that that same look is still in place today at all of the restaurants, this industrial bare bones look. It, it worked and it was different and um, it helped establish an image and corresponded with a brand identity he created Everything was aligned and worked great. But, you know, the point here is that I see too many freelancers put their plans and dreams on hold because things aren't perfect. Uh, they don't have all the resources they feel they need to make their new website the way they want it to look or the way they want it to uh, to work or their prospecting effort isn't complete enough. Maybe it's missing some pieces or they really want to go and create this amazing prospecting campaign, but uh, their, their list is not big enough yet. So they're holding off and the, until they continue to build that list, you know, instead of just starting with what they got in, you know, I think those are big mistakes. Those of you who have been following me for a while know that I'm a huge proponent of the ready, fire, aim idea. I think if you wait too long aiming before you fire, uh, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. And I, you know, today really is all about taking action. You need enough information, enough resources to take good enough action. At that point, you have to act. Only when you act will you know what needs to be adjusted. And I'll tell you, you know what way too much capital and cash flow can do to a, a business, especially a startup? It can make the founder stupid. Uh, it's one of the worst things that could happen to, to a startup, to a freelancer. I see freelancers who come into this with a lot of money. Uh, and uh, they buy everything they can get their hands on. They you know spend ridiculous amounts of money. 
setting up their business and their website and planning and strategizing. And you know what? Those are the ones that end up not working out. Something about having to work with limited resources and again, being resourceful. Man, if you walk away with anything here, other than the idea of following the flow, I hope it's this. Learn how to become resourceful. Work with what you got and keep working your way up that ladder. All right, let's continue with the video. I could set it up and let it run, and then I was going to move on to my real dream, which was opening a, a full-scale restaurant. But Chipotle was wildly successful, and I thought, well, let me open one more. And so I opened another in Denver about a year and a half after the first one opened, and it was even busier. It got even more attention, and people loved the food. <laughs> I was reading an article in Ed Bear's The Art of Eating some years ago about the independent family farms up in Iowa who were part of the Nyman Ranch Pork Company. So I went up to Iowa and went around with Bill Nyman and took a look at a bunch of different farms and spent time understanding how pigs should be raised. And it was really eye-opening. What I learned was that the vast majority of the pork in the United States is raised in confinement. And I knew I didn't want that kind of suffering to be part of our success. People have accused me of being insular and not really paying attention to the world of fast food. And to be honest with you, I don't really pay attention to it. And sort of 18 years later, here I am continuing to open Chipotle's and it's as rewarding as ever. And we have a team now of 26,000 energized, passionate people that are really improving Chipotle in every aspect, every single day. And I never thought that you could just take this very simple model and continue to make it better. So the bottom line, folks, is what started out as a vehicle to get to where he really wanted to go ended up becoming his main thing. I mean, he was smart enough and open-minded enough to see that this was it. This is what he really wanted, that he was creating his vision, and this was it. And he was smart enough to accept this and accept this just huge blessing for what it was. So, you know, what I urge you to do is pay attention to your goals and your intentions and ask yourself, what do you really want? I mean, for me, when I was starting out, I just wanted to work from home, doing work I loved, setting my own schedule and not having the pressures and ugliness and the travel of a high pressure corporate sales environment. Now, did it really matter how this happened? Uh, did it really matter, you know, all the little details? Were those that important? Um, th does it matter that what I'm doing today doesn't exactly match my original image or vision? No, no. I mean, today, you know, I actually have exactly what I wanted. And I'm telling you this, I may not have defined this way back then when I started thinking about becoming self-employed. Um, but looking back, I realized that these are the things that I wanted. I wanted this freedom, flexibility. I wanted to be at home. I didn't want to travel. I was tired of sales quotas. And um, yeah, I had to say, well, I think the way to do it is via this. And that's what I pursued. But did it matter that that kind of evolved over time and, and it morphed into something different? 
as long as I still have what was important and what is important to me today? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, today I spend most of my time coaching and training other freelancers. And, you know, was that part of my original vision here again? No. I mean, I started this business as a, as a side project, International Freelancers Academy, the High Income Business Writing Podcast. Uh, These are things that started, not so much the podcast, because that evolved from a different vision, but um, these were side projects that just kept growing and evolving. And eventually I took notice. I realized, you know what? I'm really enjoying this. This is fun for me. I'm good at it. People are benefiting from my work, my ideas, my strategies, my advice. And, um, you know, I, I could have ignored that, but I paid attention to it. I don't do a lot of things right all the time, but I think this is one that um, that I did well, and I'm glad I did. You know, and I look at many of my colleagues, and it's been the same thing. The really successful people have paid attention to what's working and not working and are smart enough and open-minded enough to make adjustments and to continue to evolve their businesses uh, based on what they value. I think of my good friend Pete Savage. He now runs a boutique content development, kind of a mini agency, a boutique mini agency. Um, you know, that's not what he originally set out to do, but it, his business, his copywriting business evolved into that. Uh, my good friend Diana Huff, same thing. She started as a copywriter and her business evolved many different times. She's been through several different iterations of her business and now she's very, very focused on website overhauls for small businesses. Um, you, you know, someone I met uh, actually last year, um, he went from freelance writing for a while and he was, he did well, he did well, but he ended up back in the corporate world, but in a totally different area that he wouldn't have known about if he hadn't gone out on his own freelancing. So, you know, don't feel that all of this has to be in the freelance realm in the self-employment realm. Sometimes following the flow means, you know, you kind of go in and out of freelancing and traditional employment, and that's totally okay. Again, what really matters here is kind of stepping back and asking yourself, what really matters to me? Am I going in the right direction? Is this feel right? So the big lesson, pay attention, right? Pay attention. What are clients and prospects telling you? What are they asking you for? Again, as I mentioned earlier when I was starting out, Ed, that's great that you do lead generation uh, emails and landing pages. That's all great. Listen, what I really need help with right now is this white paper or this case study or this series of articles. We might be able to look at those other things later, but can you help me with this now? Is this something you do? Is this something you're interested in? Okay, pay attention to those things. You know, many times you get several of these and we, we kind of shun them or we set them aside or we turn them down thinking that's not what I do. That's not what I do. But eventually you have to start asking yourself, hmm, I think the market is trying to tell me something. Along with that, take time to step back. You know, take time to think about your business and work on your business and not in your business all the time. So where are you? Where's your business taking you? Where is it going? And then follow the flow, you know, practice the art of being a little bit more flexible. Don't be too rigid. Be okay with the idea of taking some chances and making, trying new things and making adjustments. You know, you don't have to overhaul your business overnight. You can 
go with a low risk approach and just test things out and see how they go. Um, I'll tell you this one thing though, there's just no honor in sticking to your original plan and not making mid course corrections because you know, that's unacceptable. That's not what I set out to do. You know, I'm thinking of an airplane pilot. There is absolutely no shame in a, a pilot making adjustments along the way. This pilot has a, you know, an amazing set of uh, controls and systems to help him or her navigate their way to their destination. But let's face it, along the way, they have to make dozens and dozens of mid-course corrections because there is, uh, there are all these things that, that, that adjust your, your course, that, that take you off course, I should say. So you can't just say, well, you know, well, that's not what the plan was. We'll just kind of let the plane take us to where it's going to take us. No, that pilot has to make those adjustments. And there's no shame in making those adjustments yourself. Uh, no one's going to make fun of you. you you're not going to be a failure. Uh, all successful businesses have had to make adjustments along the way. Nobody stays still. So folks, I, I hope you enjoyed this this episode. I know it was a little different um, and I know we took it outside of freelancing, but I think that there's so many lessons to be learned outside of the world of, of freelancing. And sometimes it requires us to, to, to look at those things and see the parallels, see how those hidden gems in, in these stories can, can help us in our own solo businesses. As a reminder, you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 39. Uh, video to that, that I shared with you today is also there. And you'll find detailed show notes and, and points that I've made if uh, you want to reference any of this later. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, I just opened enrollment to my new six-figure writer mastermind. And this is an exclusive opportunity to collaborate and to share ideas with other successful freelance writers and copywriters who are facing the same issues that you are and are developing and are working on creative solutions around them. I'm talking about things such as how to scale your business, uh, how to work fewer hours without sacrificing your income, how to bring more stable long-term clients into your business, how to, how to manage subcontractors, how to develop smart passive income streams, those sorts of things. So if you're already earning a six-figure income or if you're rapidly approaching that level or if you're earning the equivalent, the part-time equivalent of a six-figure income or something close to it, this might be for you. Now, this is by application only, and you can learn more about it at b2blauncher.com forward slash six-figure mastermind. So the word six, S-I-X, the word figure, and the word mastermind. All together, no hyphen, six-figure mastermind. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be grateful if you shared it with friends and colleagues. And the easiest way to do that is to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash love or just use any of the social media sharing buttons that you'll find on the show notes page. And also, it would mean a lot to me if you gave the show a quick rating or review on iTunes. And the easiest way to do that is just to go to b2blauncher.com forward slash iTunes. And uh, that will take you to directly to the page on iTunes where you can leave your feedback. And I just wanted to give a big thanks to some recent reviewers of the show, uh, including Wendy Slonks, YFH1. Of course, these are all iTunes uh, usernames. Uh, David Friels, Robinson Wrights, Hutch is Online, Alan Nett, and KT. 
Tevlin. So thanks so much, guys, for the quick review. The star rating means so much to me. I read all of these, and believe me, uh, even us podcasters, even us uh, successful writers, we all need encouragement. This can be a very lonely game. So uh, really appreciate that uh, feedback and encouragement. It really means the world to me. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, my name is Ed Gandia. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.